This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jawhead and Dawkin Cabin. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome one and all to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Great to have your company this afternoon. Straight to business today. And, you know, in your lifetime, work and where you work and what you do, of course, is a huge part of most people's lives. And people go down roads and stay with them right through their lives and careers. Others jump off that road and go a byway or a side road and take up something entirely different. But, you know, if you work at something that you absolutely love, it's really not like work. And I have to say, I've told you this before, I've arrived behind this microphone here by absolute accident. Never thought I'd ever be on a radio station presenting a daily show. And it's been just a joy to do for quite a number of years now for me, but quite different. My first guest today is someone in the same boat and she has... A truly inspiring story. If you're out there listening today and you think, can I go and do something else? Or do you want to do something else? Maybe afraid to do it. Because you see, she had the well-paid job in Dublin City and she decided to up sticks, as the phrase says, and bring it all back home to Tipperary. And she joins me on the line. I'm delighted to say hello to Sarah Hurrigan. Hello, Sarah. Hi, how are you? Thanks so much for having me on the show. Not at all. You're very welcome to Late Lunch. Well, you know yourself, when you have, you you did the studies, you got the job, you're working with the government. I'm sure when you suggested to family and friends, well, I'm leaving this behind, did you, what kind of a reaction did you get? Yeah, of course, a few sceptical looks. I felt the exact same myself. What happened was that, you know, I got to this point where I had studied my background is in psychology and I had studied in UCC and Trinity and I ended up in this research, health research job that was well paid and had a lot of perks uh, in my mid-twenties. And you know, after about a year and a half there, I kind of started to feel, oh, is this it? And I stay here until I retire now at this desk in this job. So I really started to have a think about, you know, what do I feel passionate about? What makes me feel alive? And I've soon discovered that those two things did not align. Working in my desk job was just not making me feel any vigour for life or uh, passionate about anything. So I decided to make a bit of a change. Now, you did make the change, but it was a, a gradual process over a period of time. And as well as that, reading your story, you went and spoke to somebody, didn't you, like a career coach, and really you, you wanted their opinion, but really you were looking for affirmation, weren't you, from them? Exactly. I think I was just looking for somebody to tell me what to do, which I think nobody can do that for you. But that experience was really good. I think this career coach was like, I just did one session with her and it just gave me the confidence to think outside the box. You know, she said something she said to me that was really powerful was when I listen to you talk about your job and when I listen to you talk about your interests, such as camping and hiking and outdoor pursuits, you're looking at your face is completely different. You look so alive and excited when you talk about the outdoors versus when you talk about your desk job, your face is just blank. So I think that told me a lot. You know, it told me the direction that I should go in anyway. And that's all you needed was that little push. But like, as I said, you didn't jump immediately. You worked away, was it, for about a year. You tried to save as much as you could. What about the move back to tip? Was that just a part of of the the change in your life that had to happen anyway that you had to get out of the city 
Yes, that came a little later. You're right, you're dead right there. I worked for about a year and a half, saving up my money, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, kind of leaning back into like joining communities, joining hiking groups, camping, like trying things out that I loved at weekends and in the evenings after work. And uh, so I set up my own business called Nature Therapy Ireland, and I've been running that for about a year and a half now. And about a year into running the business, you know, we were in mid-lockdown and I reconsidered living in the city centre and was it aligning with my business? Not necessarily. You know, all my windows looked out onto a wall and the only thing passing my my window was a bus. So I thought, look, um, I might try a living back home uh, on the border of Tip and Waterford. And yeah, I just absolutely love it here. So I moved back last July and I've no regrets. It was a brilliant move for me. Yeah. And again, to say you were in a desk-based health research job in a government department, you could have stayed there and you had all the perks, the leave, the guaranteed income, you name it. And here you are making this move into the the unknown and the pandemic. Yes, you're in the middle of the pandemic when you're trying to, you know, uh, set this thing up. How important would this group, I love the name, called Gals Gone Wild to you, going wild eventually yourself? Yeah, it was hugely important. I joined that right in the middle of kind of having these ideas to change my job. And it's a female-based adventure group in Dublin and Wicklow and all over the country. And I went on a hike with one of them, one of the girls who runs the company. And within, you know, four months, I had kind of gone on maybe four or five events. And by that time, I was like, okay, she is living my dream job. Like, she works in the outdoors. She runs her own business. I was like, why, why can't I do that? Why can't I step off this track that I feel like I've been forced onto? It's only me thinking that. Uh, and just change my career. Why can't I do that? So, yeah, it was really seeing that and seeing her achieving in that uh, kind of made me think, okay, maybe I could try something different. And as I said, my background's in psychology when I started working with this group and attending these events I was like okay I have to be able to join my psychology and nature somehow and that's kind of gotten me to where I am today and you knew this was going to happen anyway there would be a big reduction in your salary and you were a girl who when payday came you were out buying the fast fashion and everything and spending like good old has that been difficult to adjust to and what have you done to make the adjustment to live on less yeah, so I absolutely was that person. I was the person who worked nine to five, Monday to Friday, went out on the weekends, spent my money on, you know, on the high street. And um, I think my whole life and perspective has really changed. And yes, of course, like halving your salary is not something to be uh, taken too lightly. But what I did at the start was I just got another part time job doing office work for a few days a week to support myself. Um, and yeah, it's been an amazing experience to kind of, um, you know, juggle the two things and nurture my business and watch that kind of grow and flourish. And yeah, it's really starting to take off now. And I think in the pandemic, so many people realise the importance of getting outdoors for your health and your mental health. And that's what my whole business is about, just sharing with people the scientific evidence based practices of spending time in nature for your health. And yeah, it's been it's been magic, I have to say. I've been on your website yesterday and today having a good look at naturetherapyireland.com. I take it that's you floating in the rock pool there. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Where is that? Where is that rock pool? That's actually on Inishboffin Island. Oh my God, what a fantastic shot that is. And you, it's such an image of you there, just floating with not a care in the world out in the wilderness. And that really is the essence of where you and where you help people to reconnect. Exactly, that's it. And I think what I want to share with people is, you know, you don't have to be like that. You don't have to be immersed in water or lying on the forest floor or standing on the summit of a mountain. You can make the tiniest little adjustments to invite nature either into your home, on a small walk near you, in an urban park. Anything like that is of huge benefit to you. And this work is accessible and inclusive for absolutely everybody. And it's just something that I want to share. It's a free resource that so many of us have and the benefits are just endless. So that's the simple aim of my business. I bring people on forest bathing walks, nature connection hikes, and I also do some online events too, and just trying to make it accessible to as many people as I can. Now, there's no swimsuit needed for that forest bathing. (laughs) I've actually had one person show up in a swimsuit. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God help them. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's a beautiful experience. It just means um, bathing in the forest atmosphere. That's what forest bathing is. It's two and a half hour 
very slow guided walk through nature where I would give you lots of invitations just to explore your senses and try and get yourself out of that busy kind of monkey brain that we often have with high paced, fast paced jobs and just connect to your natural surroundings. And it's a beautiful way for us to just come back into our bodies and um, yeah, just slow down a little bit. This is big in the Japanese um, way of preventing illness, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, you're dead right. That's where forest bathing was first coined. I suppose if you go back far enough in any culture all over the world, you're going to find something similar. Uh, Even in Ireland here with our Celtic heritage, we have lots of different practices to connect to nature. But it was the Japanese in the 80s who coined the term forest bathing. It's called Shinrin-yoku in Japanese. And it literally means bathing in the forest atmosphere. And they created it in the 80s because they had a tech boom over there. Lots of people moved towards the cities, moved to really high stress jobs. And the government noticed that there was research starting to show that any of the people who worked in with this kind of chronic stress, chronic fatigue kind of jobs, um, they were having amazing health and well-being benefits. So the government jumped on that straight away and they put it in as part of their health prevention uh, health system. So if you go to a doctor in Japan, it could be a doctor, a healthcare practitioner, a mental health facilitator. Um, if you go to one of those in Japan, you can actually be prescribed time in a forest as part of your treatment plan. So mm. that's coming here now. It's taken a while, but yeah, there's some really exciting stuff happening in Ireland here as well with forest bathing and nature connection for health. Yeah, and, and, and time has shown them and years that it improves. You know, you know this, I don't have to tell you if you deal with people every day who can't get sleep, who are stressed out, who, you know, have uh, physical manifestations of illnesses as well. And this has shown over an extended period of time with lots and lots of people that this truly works. Absolutely. It's honestly incredible. And I think that's, you know, something that I really want to share. It can be the simple little ways that you connect to nature you can benefit from most. So one of the examples I'll give you is uh, trees actually emit an essential oil into the air called phytoncides. And these phytoncides are in the air when we're standing amongst trees and we breathe them in. And research has shown that these actually can reduce the stress hormone cortisol, they can improve our overall heart health, and most importantly at the moment, they can actually boost our immune system. That's simply by standing amongst trees and breathing the air. Uh, it's, It's amazing. So for people listening today, as you said, who can't climb a mountain today or maybe not even get, we're close to the sea here, of course, along the northeast coast, which is great. Most people are in striking distance of it. But if you can't or you can't get out to a forest or whatever, you are saying that today, this evening, tomorrow, whenever, if you put on your shoes, put on your jacket or whatever, out you go into the open, try and walk in your local park or wherever you can. It, it, that makes a difference in itself. Absolutely. And, you know, it can be anything, even people who might not have access to the outdoors. If you open your windows and Mm. listen to the sounds of birds, you know, this is something that's really for everybody, as I said. And there's incredible research to show as well. It can be all these tiny little ways that you connect to nature. And if you bring them all together and work up to about two hours in nature a week, this could be in 10 minute visits uh, every day, um, that this is where you'll get the health and well-being benefits. As you said, an urban park, your garden, your balcony, if you've house plants in your house there's so many ways that you can invite this in the options are endless and how I'd invite people to tune into it is when you're in nature just slow down stop for a minute and tune into each of your different senses what you can hear what you can smell what you can feel on your skin what you can touch with your hands and what you can see around you and it's just a really good way to connect to nature through your senses. They know that I'm an avid gardener, especially growing vegetables at home and that as well. I, I, we love to grow our own. And, uh, you know, I've often said it before, when I put my hands in the soil and when I'm out in my little patch there or ever, I don't know what it is, but I, I'm so relaxed. I'm so at ease with myself. Yeah, that's another thing as well. You're dead right. It's actually called grounding. And this is the activity of actually connecting your physical self to the earth. So when you have your hands in the soil, you're connected to the electromagnetic field of the earth. You can do it with your bare feet on the grass as well. Uh, There's loads of different ways to do this. So, yeah, that's also scientifically proven to benefit your health. And, you know, people can notice this themselves. People who go for walks and hikes and swims and you doing your gardening and people who tend to house plants. It just brings a sort of sense of calm, a sense of peace and it's a really really great way to invite in a bit of nature connection as you say there's so many ways you can do this the the list is endless 
for for you this is a business now and you've made the the shift into this and you are helping other people through your business as well back to that for a moment you know people who are thinking at the moment I, I, I really believe I can make a go of this. They may have tried it on a part-time basis. You know the way people do this. You've done it yourself at weekends or evening times and they think, look, this is what I love. This is what I really want to do. But I'm just afraid to make that last minute or that last big move to take the leap of faith. What do you say to them? Well, what I will say is you will never feel ready. You'll never feel ready to do it. So I think if you've given a lot of thought to it, if you're lucky enough to be able to save up a bit of money, I know that's really difficult for people who are living in big cities with lots of rent. Um, if you can save a little bit of money, think your process through a little bit, maybe try it first at the weekends or in the evenings, maybe going part-time. Uh, that, that was my journey. And when you get to that stage where you feel almost, almost ready, that's probably the point that you should give it a shot. There you go, from the woman who's done it. Uh, Check her out, folks, and just give them your website there again, please. So it's naturetherapyireland.com and naturetherapyireland on social media. For individual or groups or to find out more, you have a lovely website, I have to say, and it's uh, nice and concise and bright as well, and it would attract you in itself. So you've obviously brought nature uh, to the www. Thank you so much for joining me on the show, Sarah. I wish you well. Thanks a million. Bye now. Take care now. Bye-bye. That's Sarah Hurrigan there, who made the uh, leap of faith, who has her own business there now and is working away with it and knows about the benefits. I've always known the outdoors. I love it. I love it. I love it. From I was introduced as a child by my father. Get your children out and about. Get them outdoors. Get them involved. Get muck in their hands and their hair and their ears and everything. Get them walking and playing. That's the real connection with this little globe that we live on. It's such... Such benefits it brings to children and, and, and everybody for that matter. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Well, it arrived, thank God, at last. Tommy from Italy has been on to say, Hi, Jerry, just to let you know, I got your Christmas card yesterday. <laughs> Five weeks after you posted it. And uh, thanks to yourself and Louise, uh, for myself and the family. Have a great day. Lovely to hear from you. Great to hear you listening in Italia. Snail mail. <laughs> Five weeks. I'm still waiting on one from Australia. And it hasn't arrived yet. And it was posted mid-December. Oh, God, I'll let you know if it ever arrives at this stage. Thank you, Tommy, for letting us know. And thanks to Patricia. Patricia and Blanche, we got your kind donation for Gary Kelly and it's going to them uh, as I speak. Thanks indeed, Patricia. Got your wee note and donation. Lovely to receive it from you. We do appreciate it. Now, the Wednesday Club, we meet every Wednesday. Well, we didn't. We were in trouble for two years. We were on, we were off, but we're back now and the hours are extended. And thank God they were last night because it was a big night. Eamon McQuail is 60 years young today. One of the boys. And I want to wish him a happy birthday from the gang. God, we were there a little bit later last night. Thank God it wasn't an 8 o'clock finish. But there you go. Yes, every Wednesday we gather. We were young fellas once. Now it's grumpy old men. We could all audition for the part in uh, One Foot in the Grave when they're looking for the remake. We could indeed, to be honest with you. But there you go. It keeps us going. Anyway, Eamon, have a great day today. And I know you love... Thin Lizzy. So just for you, on late lunch, this Thursday afternoon, happy birthday, Eamon. Thanks for your message. It works both ways, Jerry, with the delayed Christmas cards. Uh, I received a card from Toronto to Dundalk, on the 24th of January, that's earlier this week, and it was registered, Jerry, in November in Toronto. Oh my God, isn't that incredible to think? Where has that blinking card been? You'd just wonder, wouldn't you, where it's been? Anyone else get anything laid on in the post due Christmas or New Year, or any other time for that matter? 086 1800 658. 086 1800 658. WhatsApp or text us to the show 041 983 2000 if you'd like to call in. Brian Hanretty, good afternoon. Got your message. Hi, Jerry. Very interesting listening to Sarah Hurrigan at the top of the show there. Yeah, I can confirm that Finnish studies. Uh, into walking and being out and about in forests confirmed, this is Finland, Brian says, that it reduces blood pressure. It does. And we heard what Sarah had to say. Good to hear that to reinforce it, Brian. And Brian says, P.S. Jerry, I'm off to Townley Hall <laughs> for a walk in the woods. Good on you, Brian. I wish I was with you this afternoon. It's a lovely afternoon for a walk. Now, my next guest, I can say, 
is a good friend of ours on Late Lunch here in LMFM for years and years, as far back as I can remember when we began the Late Lunch show. And she's a wonderful woman. She's an educator, author, spiritual teacher, but most of all, she's a fantastic champion of St. Bridget. And of course, St. Bridget's Day is Tuesday next, and there's a lot planned in the Bridget of Fort Festival. And she's with me on the line. Dolores Whelan, hello again. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good, and thank you for joining me. Before we get into this year, I've been dying to ask you this question. How are you feeling about the bank holiday being awarded to St. Bridget? I think it's absolutely amazing, and it's absolutely pertinent and right because what it's doing, in my, in my view, and in the view of many people, it's bringing back an honouring of the feminine. You know, we have a lot of male saints. We don't have so many female saints. And certainly Patrick is the patron of Ireland. And now Bridget will be the matron of Ireland. And together they will be the mummy and daddy of this country. Mm, isn't it lovely? You put it beautifully. And you know, when you think about her, as you've told me many times, she's pre-Christian, pre-Celtic. Absolutely. I mean, uh, and you know, sometimes when you use the word goddess, people are a little bit, what is that? Is that kind of some witchcraft or something? And the answer is no, it's not. We talk about qualities uh, in the land. And my great teacher, Father Sean O'Din, who's uh, the late Father Sean O'Din, he talked about how very often, you know, the qualities in the land were given um, a kind of a, 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 an energy, if you like, and they were named in certain ways. And then that became into, it came, became into qualities of humans. And so when we say Bridget is a goddess, a pre-Christian goddess, we mean that she embodies many of the qualities that are associated with the feminine face of the divine, however we call that, however we understand that, because our, our, our kind of our, our understanding of God and the divinity is changing hugely and has over the last many, many years. And I think that's a very good thing because we're always evolving. Our consciousness is always unfolding and becoming more. Dolores, it just crosses my mind as you speak about that, the femininity and, 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 and Bridget, and the awful death of Ashling Murphy recently, oh. and the outpouring of mm. anger, sadness, grief, and, and we have a campaign going here on LMFM to call it out now. You know, anybody who mistreats women in any way, where does Bridget tie into this? question and I have to say I've said to many people what was extraordinary about Ashley Murphy's death was the outcry that it, it, it awakened in people I mean it was a terrible tragedy and a terrible murder and but sometimes it doesn't that an event like that doesn't uh, evoke the same extraordinary tsunami of response that this did and I think it's because now is the time and we are the ones we've been waiting for to say enough already Yes, indeed. Enough for uh, good, I say again, to join with you in, in those yes. words. Now, yes. I, I have to say, you've been in touch with me from a few weeks back, and I want to talk for a moment about this beautiful image of Bridget that, you know, was out front for the Bridget of Fahart Festival. And the man who designed that, you can see it in Bridge Street in Dundalk, I know, this artist called Frizz. It's, a, it's amazing, Dolores. It's an amazing, and Frizz is a woman. Oh, by the my way. God. Her name is Marion. She is her stage name. Oh, my God. Talk it, about stereotypes. Don't worry. Um, I had two or three people with the same thing. It, it is an extraordinary image. And what it does so powerfully is that it actually embodies the pre-Christian and the Christian very, very beautifully together, mm. alongside each other, as they always had. People often say to me, like, are you... Are you, do you, is what you do Christian or pre-Christian? I say it's both. You can't separate them because one evolves from the other. But going back to the mural, I, I think the mural is one of the most stunning pieces of art I have yes. seen in ages, in, in an awful long time. And I was saying to somebody yesterday, sometimes I just go down Bridge Street so I can have a look at it. And interestingly, it's in Bridge Street, which would have been the path from Dundalk out to Ford at the Newry Road the old path that yes. walked out to um, to, to for her to, uh, shrine and graveyard. Yeah. No, it's st- 
Absolutely. Uh, just I had to mention well done phrase congratulations it's absolutely beautiful and it adorns a lot of the uh, the uh, information that's come out about the festival which we're going to get on to in a moment is it your 24th or 25th year was it 2008 oh, no 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 it's more like 15 50, 15 sorry 2008 I beg your pardon yes it's okay I'm not that old but I'm getting there <laughs> <laughs> I can't add there you go it's the 15th year is it Fourteen fifty. Fourteen fifty. Two thousand and eight. We okay. Started, yeah. Or maybe even two thousand and seven with a very yeah. small thing. But the other day, I came across notes in one of my folders, and it was the first talk I gave on Bridget, and it was in at Inbolt, nineteen ninety two. Right. But that wasn't a festival; it was just a talk I was given as a core part of part of a course, and I was like, "Oh my God, that's thirty years ago." Mm. Yeah. And, and and let's talk about a, a couple of things that are synonymous with her. The cross. But you guys have done something brilliant this year with the cross and the making of the cross. Mm. You've uploaded uh, Roisin uh, Cotter, a video session with her, making the cross that anybody can look at and follow. Absolutely. Actually, it's wonderful. And Roisin does it so simply. She does it really simply and anybody can do it. So that's great. And the idea of the cross is that the cross was always, when people bought a new house or built a new house, Mm. they always put a cross in to the house over the the door, uh, the inside of the door, so as that Bridget was protecting the house and protecting it particularly from fire, which is interesting because fire is one of the things that she's very associated with, but obviously contained fire. You know, her symbols are fire and water, but she is also, the, the cross protects houses and people from fire. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad to say we have one. We've always had one as well, and we've always kept up that tradition. It's a very good one. Check this out, folks. Bridget of Fahar.ie, Roisin Cotter is there. You can access it and have a look for yourself. Now, remind us again, the piece of white or red cloth on the eve of Bridget, oh, yes. which is next yes. Monday, why should we do this? Uh, what's yeah. it about? Well, here's the thing. Bridget, the goddess of spring, emerges from Bridget, the hag or the hag or the Kalyuk of winter. Nothing comes from nothing. So on the 31st of January, that is the last night that the Kalyuk has any sway over the land. And that night, Bridget, in her maiden form of fecundity, vitality and new life, she walks through the land, blessing the land, blessing the seeds and blessing whatever is in her, in, in her path. So you leave out a piece of white or red cloth and you can put it on a hedge or a bush or just on the grass and just know that she will bless it as she walks past the night in the night of her the eve of her feast because again within the celtic tradition we always celebrate from sundown to sundown uh, and we so we celebrate from the eve to the you know from the eve of bridget to the end of the bridget's day so that's why you put your cross, so your 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 cloth out. And I would never go anywhere. I always put one in my in my um, in my clothes somewhere, and um, and uh, and I always have it in my handbag. And it's just a, it's it's again it's a protection. Mm. It's a protection. It's also a healing. People would have used those cloths for healing in their family throughout the year. Yes. And then every year you do it again. Every year you put the cross. You make the cross every year. You put the, the Brathbridge, it's called. And we talk about gathering Fue Brathbridge under Bridget's mantle. We gather under Bridget's cloak or her mantle. And then we're safe. It's like she represents the mother for me in a big way. She is the maiden of spring. She also has um, uh, 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 the summertime, she's the mother. And the autumn, she's the Kalyuk or the old the old woman bringing death. But in all of those things, she has the mothering energy. And, you know, we all need to have our mothers mm. and our mothers mantle around us, holding us safely. Fue, fue Brathbridge. Tome Fue Brathbridge. I'm under Bridget's mantle. Oh, it's lovely. It's a lovely, lovely tradition. So put your red or white cloth out on the eve, bring it in and keep it through the year and keep it close to you and your family. Now, on Sunday, the 30th, I just want to mention these briefly, the the pilgrimage happens on Sunday. It starts from Sally Cox's Mount Avenue in Dundalk. And uh, you make your way, that's at 11 o'clock, out to Fohart for 1 o'clock. And then after that at 2.30, I see Pat O'Rourke is uh, doing a walk through uh, the Fort Shrine and the graveyard. Yes. That's Sunday. Um, the, pi- 
pilgrimage is being led by Stephanie O'Hanlon and um, Rasheen Cotter and um, we will walk, as I said, all the way out through um, Fatima, Toborona, Kilcurry and over to Fard. And it's lovely. It's just really beautiful walk. I love that walk. I drove it a few times in the last week because I was over and back to Fard and it's just a beautiful, it's a very pastoral and you go by the lovely river and yes. it's just lovely. And and we, you know, we, we, we start with some prayers and we probably stop and do a meditation at some stage and and then we'll um we oh yes we are doing a meditation just as we reach the shrine with um Geraldine Whelan O'Mara is going to do that before we get to Fahard. So it's it's pilgrimage is really important. It's a way of connecting with ourselves, with the land and with the divine within us and within the land. Yeah. And so it's 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 not like just going for a walk with your friends. It is and it isn't. There's another purpose to it. And very often, if you hold an intention while you walk, you you will see that there will be changes in that situation. Now, on the day itself, we got to mention it's Crinu Lawfaila Breeder, and it's happening in Anthorn in Dundalk on Tuesday, the first of February. Now, I'm not going to run through everybody because there's no, so no. many there. Can I just Hey, yeah. It's an online adventure. It's online. Okay, it's great. Online, but yep. the bookings are through Anton. Yes. In, yeah, it's it's an online event because we didn't know the opening up was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it's what is, it is. It's again, Crinu. The word Crinu means a gathering of stuff where transformation can happen. And it's interesting. The word comes from the word for churning butter, milk into butter. So there's a, there's a gathering and there's a stirring and something new is formed. The butter is formed. So that's why I use that. And so Crinu Law Elibreed is a, a gathering at which transformation can happen. And we have poetry, we have music, we have storytelling, beautiful stories um, by a Scottish woman called Ruth Ruth Marshall who lives in Clare. We have. Uh, poetry from the Dundalk Writers Group and Siobhan McMahon. We have beautiful music with um, um, Georgianie Kinaja and MacDonald and of course the wonderful Eve Burton and Chu Chang who Eve is a, an opera singer and then we have a talk with myself yep. and we have a meditation with Geraldine Whelan O'Mara mm. we have I'm sure, let me see if I have left any. Oh no, they're all, they're all there and you've, you've mentioned plenty of There's loads of others as well. People can check this out on the festival website. But, but, yeah. but to book, I just want to come back to this again. On Thorn, uh, you get the tickets there uh, yeah. and book and you're part of this. And it's starting at uh, quarter to eight uh, for, for eight o'clock on Tuesday, the 1st of February. Can I also say that you can buy your ticket and if you can't watch it that night, it's available for yes. one week. Yes, it is there. You, you're not tied to the first. You can go yeah, back to it. Yeah, uh, so that is so important to mention it as well. Moment. And and Dolores, please God, in 12 months to celebrate the first bank holiday uh, on St. Bridget's Day, 1st of February 2023. Well, please God, everyone will be back together. And I'm sure there'll be massive celebrations Absolutely. planned for that one when it comes round. You're fantastic. I always love talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Thank show. You. And if you want to just say a final word or a blessing to our listeners... Yes, I would just a tiny little blessing, a tiny little blessing. Hold on here, I have it here. Um, oh God, why is it not right beside where I left it? Um, okay, well, we can just put, there's a lovely blessing for Imbolc, and that is, may the light of inspiration grow in our hearts and between us as the year unfolds and the light increases. This is a very important time. It's transitional, it's liminal, and it brings us right into the growing light. It does indeed, Dolores. I love the time of year. God bless you, Dolores. Thank you for joining me. Bye. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. The wonderful Dolores Whelan about St. Bridget. Lewis Capaldi, isn't he just marvellous? What a man. He's fantastic. Wouldn't like to interview him live, though. He's, he's great vocabulary. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, words. my God. Was it Graham Norton he was on one night? I think well, mother yeah. of God, he let flip. But he just does it. He can't help oh, he's himself. He's lovely. He's a lovely yeah. fella. What a songwriter. He's a talent. He's absolutely brilliant. Look at that that's just come in by WhatsApp from Liam. I made this 47 years ago at school when the brothers taught us. It still hangs in my living room at Bridget's Cross. Oh, fantastic. From all those years ago. I never knew it protected against fire yeah, until there now. Yeah, it is a, it is a tradition. Uh, and, and <laughs> I may put a load of them around me well, open. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, Louise was just, I, I could see the excitement when Dolores mentioned that. <laughs> she just thought, at last, something to protect us all from in case I leave something too long on the cooker, you know, the usual. Anyway, hey, Bernard Durkin is, is, uh, is on another case now, our campaign. He was the one raised the lottery jackpot, wasn't he? He was the man that did that. He wanted yeah. an inquiry. He thought yeah, it was unwinnable. And, well, anyway, they've changed the rules there. What's he on about today? Um, he wants to talk to a human and not a machine when he goes to the bank <laughs> because they have installed talking machines in banks now <laughs> to interact with customers. So he's not impressed. Uh, he's, he's asked Leo Fradker to raise the issue and Leo has agreed saying that he went to a bank recently because of a, a, he had to change the pin on his card and he said he had to interact with this very strange large machine that looked like an ATM that wasn't an ATM. So he gave up and he went home and he rang the bank. But he, he totally agreed. He said, you really need kind of human contact. I love it. I just love it. I it's wish great. him luck with that one with the banks as well. Although we do still have a stake as a nation in the banks. We may not have for much longer. But I, do you know why I'm laughing? I, I told you this mm-hmm. before, the day I went to the bank. I rarely go to the bank, but I had to go on this day, right? And I went, I queued and waited. And I did get speaking to a human being who yes. said to me, oh, well, she says, I'll tell you what you'll have to do. You'll have to go over to that booth over there and pick up the phone and ring through to this number and they'll help you. So I thought, <gasps> grand. So over to the booth I went and I rang and I'm queuing and I'm waiting and waiting. And then another human, yes, another human answered me on the other end of the phone and said, hello. Oh, the same woman. Uh, no. And, and I told them <laughs> my story. And guess what she said to me, Louise? <laughs> you need to go to your local bank branch. <laughs> and I said, for FFFFF, I, I'm in the branch. I'm actually in the branch ringing you from the branch because the branch people can't help me. Oh, were you ready to pull your hair out? I certainly was. Oh, I'd be so furious. Oh, when you think about it. Oh, it's just one of those things, you know. But anyway, um, I wish Bernard well with his campaign. <laughs> May he succeed. Oh, I'd say he will. I'd say he'll keep at it. It is frustrating, isn't it, when you when you just can't get and and now even with all the press one, press two, press four, press five, it takes you an age to get to somebody, and then generally when you get to somebody, you treat the wrong area, I'll transfer <laughs> you, and then you're and then lost. You're lost. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started. I wonder about how that many people just give up and actually just live with the problem. I'd say lots of people always give up. Honestly, like you mm. would get totally frustrated with it. You would. You would indeed. Anyway, good luck to you, Bernard. We'll watch this space. Anyway, watch this space. Listen to this space. Yes, late lunch, because coming up next, she's with us again this week to talk about nutrition and different aspects of it. Rachel Graham on late lunch shortly. She's back. It's her fourth week with us on late lunch at the start of the year, and she's fantastic, and I'm dying to talk to her again. Rachel Graham, hello. Hi, Jerry. How's it going? Very good. Thanks for joining me again on the show. Now, yesterday, believe it or not, I had Professor Roseanne Kenny on about her new book called Age Proof. And my God, did I enjoy the conversation with her. Are you familiar with her on the book? No, I'm not actually, but I'm, I'm, I will look it up. Oh, look it sure. up. Look it up. Yes, I recommend it to you. I really do. Roseanne Kenny and Age Proof. But anyway, it, it, it's in parallel, you know, to what we've been talking about. And she's coming mm. off a 12 year study with 9000 Irish people. And by well, God, it adds credence to all you've been talking to us and will be talking to us about too. Look, let's come back to this one. And you want to start a note this today. There is no doubt, is, and, and you can confirm this, diet and longevity and a long and happy and healthy life, they're just mm. totally interconnected, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. So um, this is what I was telling you about the other day. So there's these areas in geographical areas in the world that are known as longevity hotspots. And there has been some really interesting uh, research studies done on these areas where it has shown that they have really high concentrations of uh, centenarians or people that are living beyond 100 years of age. Um, and it's no surprise that they have very low rates of Alzheimer's disease and heart disease in these areas. So um, the, you know, the, the world scientists have been doing a lot of research and finding out exactly, you know, what are the what are they doing uh, differently to us? And um, Obviously, diet plays a massive role, but there's also other aspects that are also key to longevity and community um, is one of those. And having a strong connection to your community 
actually in things like allotments, growing your own vegetables, and um, and then obviously sharing that uh, lovely abundance uh, with each other. Uh, they're also very, very active. So uh, not necessarily doing exercise classes, mm. but they're just on their feet all the time. Mm. So be it either working on the in the garden or uh, doing manual labor or walking to and from their destination, they are just active from the moment that they they get up until the moment they 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 rest in the evening time so community diet um levels of activity and movement um and then also things like a positive mental attitude and all of this comes back to a healthy diet and a healthy diet will actually give you the foundation to be able to do all of those things so for me it is kind of like the source and uh, it's just so interesting and i think that um, you just cannot, you can't ignore the benefits of a healthy diet and the role that it plays in your longevity and uh, just kind of, as I think of it, putting life in your years. Mm. Uh, those blue zone areas, where are you talking about? Are you talking, you, you've referred already uh, with us this year to the Mediterranean diet and that area of the yeah. world. Are you thinking yeah. about Japan and, you know, there's long yeah, life so there? Exactly. So it is the uh, certain areas in the Mediterranean. So uh, Sardinia in Italy, um, Icaria in Greece. Um, then there is uh, Nicoya in Costa Rica. And then, yes, in Japan. So there's a place in Japan called Okinawa. And then there's another place in, in California uh, called Loma Linda. And these are, they're not wealthy areas. Mm. I mean, the areas in the Mediterranean are all, you know, they are, they're basically farmers. They work the land. You know, I suppose you could consider it like nearly like a peasant lifestyle. Um, But it is simple and it is just amazing. They have such low rates of heart disease and Alzheimer's. We can really learn an awful lot from them. They prepare all their food from scratch. Um, they eat what is in season. So you remember what I was saying a few weeks yeah. ago, just seasonal eating. Um, so, And it's really that simple. And, and, and Rachel, myself and Louise were talking about this just before uh, the show today with you in mind coming on. And Louise was saying to me, God, I got to get sorted out here since Christmas, you know. And I feel a bit the same as well. I've fallen down a bit. I put my cards on the table here to say, you know, mm. eating nonsense and rubbish at times, you know, too much sweet stuff, snacks and that as well. I want to ask yeah. you about one aspect of the day where I struggle most. And I think maybe it comes from a bit of boredom, Rachel. That's, you know, when I have, we have our dinner around six o'clock every evening, right? Uh, maybe yeah. a cup of tea after it. But give it an hour or two after that and I'm looking for something. And it's at that stage I might reach for biscuits or a packet of crisps or something like that. Yeah. What? To, just talk to me about that aspect of the day. I'm sure a lot of people can empathise with what I'm saying. Yeah, well, look, I think it's also down to the choices that you're making at dinner time, because if you are consuming foods that are, let's say, you know, convert quickly to sugar that maybe aren't satiating enough, both of those would play a role in, you know, your hunger hormones and how those kick in later on. So including more protein and also fiber rich choices in your in your evening meal. And I'm sure it's your evening meal is good enough, but you could possibly instead of having more potatoes, you know, which are starchy and will convert quickly to sugar, just have more green veg and have a really good quality source of protein and fiber rich as well. All the vegetables that are fiber rich. So that would be my first thing. The second thing is, um, look, the evenings are getting brighter now, getting Mm. out for a walk and being active, um, keeping your mind active as well. So that's the other thing. So a little bit of those uh, brain training games would be really good, uh, doing the crossword, things that will keep you occupied and get you thinking without thinking of food. Because a lot of the time when we're watching TV, we're kind of switched off and that mindless eating comes into play. So keeping your brain engaged or being physically active, both of those things will really help that, you know, if it's a boredom thing or um, and just getting outside, I think, is always a good idea. Uh, fresh air and stretching the legs will actually improve the quality of your sleep when you do get to bed. That's all great advice. But if I do want something, what's the replacement yeah. for that nonsense stuff I'm taking at the minute? What could I take to, <laughs> you know what I mean, to send me uh, towards bedtime? 
Yeah, well, I suppose everyone kind of has their preference. Some people will say, well, I do prefer kind of more sweet tasting foods or I have more of a savory taste. So depending on what your preference is. So with savory things, you did say, I think, earlier that you liked the hummus and the, the mm. bag sticks. That would be a good option because both are fiber rich and you've got the plant-based protein in the hummus. So that's going to okay. be satiating for you. So that would be a good option. Um, you could um, you could also try things like um, uh, oat cakes. So oat cakes are available from that brand Nairns and they do one that is actually a gluten-free oat cake. And I rarely recommend uh, shop-bought gluten-free products because they have so many additives. But this one, for whatever reason, doesn't. And it's just uh, three ingredients and they're all good. Uh, but they are really, really nice. And you could have those with a cup of tea. I think you said you liked a cup of tea yes. and a biscuit. So try that instead. Okay. Um, with maybe a little bit of almond butter on it. So mm. almond butter, you've got, again, that plant protein and will sat- satisfy that kind of savory uh, yes. anchoring for something. So um, both of those would be a good option. I think for a sweeter option, what I personally like is the, um, have you ever heard of medjool dates? No. So medjool dates are the really big, juicy dates, and you can actually buy them in the like Turkish delicatessens. You okay. know those, um, yeah, really good. If you just um, you can prise them open with your with your thumbs and you remove the stone, and then you can put a little bit of almond butter in there, and that's really nice. So you're getting that sweet and kind of salty, savory uh, snack in, in in one bite. Very satisfying because the um, um, the dates are really uh, fiber rich. So really delicious, I have to say. It's a great little snack, sweet snack. Good on you. You have us sorted there for sure. Now, I know you mentioned this to me um, in one of our recent features about this eight-hour window, um, you know, to eat within an eight-hour window. And funny, Roseanne mentioned this as well yesterday as a major point of hers. And I did say Mm. to her, and I want your opinion on this, she doesn't actually start eating in the day till midday. Right. She's yeah. she takes her first and, and then she's wrapped up by eight o'clock in the evening, wherever she's going to eat. No, I did put it to her. But what about the the, uh, the uh, contention that breakfast is very important? She says, fine, if you want to have your breakfast at whatever time in the morning, have it and you need it. But wrap up eight hours on. Yeah, exactly. Do you you go so, along with that? Do you as well? Well, yeah. So what she's referring to is known as intermittent fasting, and intermittent fasting is is basically a kind of a timed eating plan. And um, so what I recommend for people starting out with this initially is to do a twelve twelve, so twelve hour eating window and a twelve hour fasting window, okay. just to you know to to get you started. There's, once you start reducing your eating window to ten hours, let's say, and a fourteen hour uh, fast, or or, you know, uh, you know, reducing it. She's only eating now in eight hours. You have to be really organized with your food prep and with your meal prep because you will find that you go, oh, my God, like I, I have to stop eating now and I, can't, and I haven't eaten enough yet, you know, and I've only eaten crap. So, you know, you need to really be organized with, you know, so that you're going to cover all of your nutrient requirements. Otherwise, you will very quickly find yourself nutrient deficient and it's actually going to cause more harm than good. So, um, intermittent fasting is a fantastic uh, health promoting tool in order to reduce inflammation, which will have amazing beneficial knock on effects on um, improving your cognitive function. So your nervous system health, memory concentration, it will reduce that abdominal obesity um, it will really support um, and reverse type two diabetes symptoms. It is a fantastic, very doable tool, but it's only as effective as uh, as you are as good at uh, creating uh, all of the healthy uh, eating options for yourself. So you do need to uh, get started on meal prep. OK, and building the habits, as you've been talking about the last few weeks, is so important. Build them, stick with them, get into the routine and you're on your way when you do that. Yeah, I think it's just about making changes, simple changes and changes that are you're going to be able to stick with, you know, so yeah. it's about paying more attention to those small daily tasks rather than 
fixating on the outcome. So really look at the things that you do daily and, um, you know, like showering, making a cup of coffee, you know, um, you know, reading the newspaper and see what can you do that you could tag on to those little daily tasks that would, you know, create more healthy habits. So uh, like making a cup of coffee, stand there and do a few lunges or a few squats at the kitchen counter while you're doing it. I know it sounds funny, but actually, if you do that, you know, five, 10 reps a day, you'll find that you will uh, actually build a lot of lean muscle mass, which is really going to support your cardiovascular health. It's going to also burn fat. So that's what I'm talking about. Small daily little tasks that start easy because these are the things that you're going to be able to be consistent with and um, get you the results. Absolutely. Listen, we'll be back to you. I'm leaving it there today, but we will be back to you sooner rather than later. Thank you so much for all the advice you've given us through the month of January. And of course, it's something that goes on right through the year. And your website again is? rachelgraham.ie and if anyone wants to get in touch I offer a free 20 minute uh, little mini consultation and we can have a chat about your health great stuff talk to you soon take care Rachel All right, Jerry thanks a million all the best thank you for joining me again today great stuff Rachel Graham there with lots to chew on late lunch LMFM radio yes we will be uh, going back to Top Gun on the show before the end and hearing about a mental health awareness campaign it's a great idea from transition year students in Drogheda I'm just thinking Louise for the amount of coffee you make if you do those lunges you'd be able to come in through the crack in the door I'd never be able to get up again what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) I did one (laughs) you'd hear my knees cracking no not at all there you go there's a little tip straight back at you I thought you'd be up doing the squats there when you were talking to Rachel (laughs) you're the queen of coffee I don't want to look she, the woman is right on the money but seriously we were talking weren't we we have to sort yeah, ourselves we're out do we it do Tuesday. and we're going to do it from next week we're going to sort ourselves out and try and get back on the straight and narrow because we've fallen away a little bit but look at you've reason to because you had a sad bereavement in your family in recent days we did we buried an incredible woman out of our family yesterday um, my auntie Doreen Keelan Um Yes, unfortunately, she lost her fight against cancer and um, she was buried yesterday. And oh, my gosh, Jerry, I have to say I was just thinking about all the people who couldn't have a funeral because we were able to have a funeral without restrictions. Mm. Doreen was an incredible woman. She knew everybody. She talked to everybody. She was known in the bar trade and she worked in the bars a lot of her life and the amount of people that were able to turn up Mm. and talk about her and it was just lovely and my heart goes out to everybody who didn't have that yes. over the two years. When you think of the people we spoke to who were limited mm. to 10 at a funeral yeah, and you know they didn't c- get the story shared. No, you couldn't grieve properly. Yeah. You couldn't celebrate the person's life but you had we had that. the real fortune to be able to uh, you know wish Doreen and send her on her way with a lovely send off and mm. you know from our friends and family and all that came it was and she was a real character and would have loved that because she was yes. always in the middle of people and she was always on the go and telling you to, what are you, what are you at? Get yeah. up and get out. So just thanks to everybody who came and, you know, my heart goes out to her kids, Brendan, Bernie and Jacinta and all the grandkids mm. um, because they've lost a formidable part of their lives. A wonderful woman. And mm. for Doreen today, we just love to remember her and play this one. It's really, really special. Now, all this week on Late Lunch, my featured soundtrack is from the movie Top Gun. And you have to go back to the premiere. Yes, it premiered in New York on May 12th, 1986. It opened the following week at cinemas across the USA and Canada. 
and it was simply a resounding success with word of mouth sending moviegoers in their droves to see it. Did you know it also made history as the first blockbuster movie to achieve mass market sales on video cassette? What am I talking about? As people listen today, what's a video cassette? A VCR player? Do you have one? I think this is, no, I don't. I think I got rid of it years ago. Anyway, uh, it sold 1.9 million copies in pre-orders alone ahead of its release on tape in March 87. In latter years, as DVDs then emerged to replace video cassettes, you probably know about that, it again achieved huge sales in 1998 and 2004 when a special collector's DVD edition came out. And in more recent times, Top Gun's enduring popularity was once more underlined in 2013, with an IMAX cinema release, and again last year when AMC theatres in the US screened it for a number of weeks, with ticket sales way outstripping expectations. Oh my God, it's a classic for sure. Worldwide in cinemas to date, Top Gun has taken $357 million at the box office. And today on Late Lunch, here's another big number from the movie. So close your eyes and imagine you're in the cockpit of a fighter jet. I'm in the cockpit. I'm there. I'm there with my eyes closed. Oh, I'm flying with them. The speed, the exhilaration. Yeah, Top Gun. Larry Green with another big anthem from the movie there, Through the Fire. And tomorrow we round off the story of Top Gun and Late Lunch with, well, the song you're probably all waiting for. <laughs> the big song from the movie, the one that won an Oscar, etc. Anyway, we'll get back to Top Gun around about this time on late lunch tomorrow afternoon. But it's only when you stop to ponder the figures and the facts that you realise the huge problem we have, that suicide is the leading cause of death among males aged between 15 and 24. 533 people die by suicide in Ireland. That's the average each year. And 76% of those were male. Now, with all this in mind, uh, I have to tell you, there's a wonderful initiative about to be launched at St Mary's Diocesan School in Drogheda, an all-boys school, I have to say, and they're lucky to have a teacher of the calibre of Roisin Curtis. She's simply brilliant. She's always on the money with different things and has been over the years, and she's involved with our transition year students on this one, and she joins me. Hello, Roisin. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us again on the show. This initiative is simply brilliant, may I say. It's called In His Shoes. Will you tell our listeners what your thoughts are and what your thinking process is about this? Yeah, so obviously I'm teaching 16 years now in St Mary's Justin School. It's an all-boys school and it's just fixed their suicide are highest among, you know, males in this country between the age of 14 and 24 um, so I think it's really important as uh, a teacher in a position I am to be able to create awareness around mental health, um, around suicide and so on. And, and I suppose to try and break the stigma that is out there. Mm. Um, having lost a friend to suicide myself and having over the years, unfortunately, heard of far too many past pupils being lost to suicide um, and having struggled with my own mental health over the years too, it's something that I'm very, very passionate about. Um, and especially in, in breaking the stigma that's attached to it. So we decided this year that we were going to take on, uh, every year we do in TY, one major big fundraiser and kind mm. of awareness campaign. And this year we wanted to do it around mental health. I think it's really important, especially around COVID and after the last two years, in particular that the teenagers have gone through and all, all they've lost out, that we highlight that. Um, you know, anxiety is at all, all times highs. We talk about, obviously, COVID, you know, the pandemic, but suicide has been a pandemic in this country for a long time. Yes. You know, if you imagine if we started announcing the figures on the news every night and across the channels about suicide and people suffering with depression and anxiety, I think it would put a lot into perspective in, in that sense. Mm. So 
we wanted to not just talk about it, we wanted a visual aspect to it. Um, I suppose the route we're going is having a kind of an art installation that we can do around the town of Drada that will get people talking about it and get the entire community involved. And it's important for my students and the transition year lads to be able to be part of that um, so that they can see themselves that it's good to talk and be open that there are people that care out there. So we decided that we'd take in his shoes. Um, we're making cement shoe planters. So we're taking uh, old pairs of shoes, we're covering them with cement and we're putting flowers into them. And the idea behind the whole in his shoes is the fact that obviously the whole saying is, you know, um, don't walk a mile in someone's shoes before you judge them, you know. Mm. So you need mm. to understand the experiences, the challenges and the thought processes that people are going through before you can even start to think that, you know, what someone else's life is, you know. Um, so, yeah, the cement planters are hopefully going to be placed in shops and in areas all around Drada. Um, and they, we are putting primrose flowers into them. And the reason for the primrose flowers is because they symbolise... Um, they symbolise, sorry, spring protection, uh, safety and love. So the idea is that the shoe will represent the people who have been lost to suicide and the flowers will give hope to those who are, who are struggling, who have lost someone to suicide or are struggling themselves, you know. I really, really like this because the imagery, the symbol yeah. of the shoes and each of the boys are bringing in a pair of shoes. They're going to be, as you say, uh, hardened up with the cement around them and they become a planter and the flower, the, the little flower in it as well. It's a brilliant concept, may I say. Yeah, thanks very much. Thank you. Oh, my, oh, my. I have to say, I, I said at the beginning there, you're the most creative teacher and group I've, <laughs> I have to say, I've probably ever come across because you're always working at something. But this in particular is really special. Now, you mentioned that they're going to be put around the place. H- have you got those sites already? Do you know where they're going and how many do you expect to have? Um. So, obviously, like, we've literally only kind of, started on it in the last week so I put it out there on our school Facebook page which is Humans of St Mary's Day Austin School and um, I have to say the town of Drada is fantastic for getting behind initiatives. I put it up on the Drada Dolls page as well Uh, and those ladies are just fantastic. They've been dropping shoes down into the school for us. Um, Irish Cement have been on to us and they're going to sponsor the cement and also give donations uh, into So Sad for it. Um, sorry, I should have mentioned that. The whole point behind this is obviously we're doing the installation, but the real important part is that apart from raising awareness, we're also raising funds for SoSAD. Yes. So there is a link to that on our school Facebook page uh, if people want to donate. But yeah, the boys are all taken in a pair. So the idea is there's 95 students in TY. Hopefully we'll have 95 pairs of them uh, to put around town. And shops and, and places have already been contact, contacting me and saying that they'll like put a window display in. We're going Lovely. to have posters and stuff as well explaining what it's about. Mm. Um, so hopefully every shoe will represent everybody lost to it. And as I said, the flowers will give the hope for that as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, we're, we're happy to take in donations of, uh, to the school of shoes if anybody wants to give them. I put a big box inside the door and, and we're kind of walking through them. Uh, obviously, the cement side of things, we're doing that in class. It's a uh, messy work of that. It <laughs> yes. takes a few days to dry in that. Uh, flowers as well. I went this morning before school and I see primroses are in uh, litter this morning. So we got them. But if anyone wants to get behind us, maybe a garden centre or that and make some donations of flowers, we'd be, we'd be more than happy to do that. But all of our students have been given a sponsorship card as well. And the idea there is people will sponsor a pair of shoes for them, you know. Mm, brilliant, brilliant. And as you say, so sad, who do great work, are being supported by this wonderful initiative. You have worked, as you said, a number of years in the school there. You've had different classes of boys pass through and move on and as you said yourself some of them have lost their lives or died by suicide um what, what are they like in terms uh, does this come up in class is this spoken about now is it more out in the open with young fellas are they willing to address this issue um i suppose like 
I mean, uh, we've a long way to go. We really do in Ireland in in terms of it. There still is that stigma, but there's a huge difference from when I went to school and nowadays in that it is spoken about. Mm. We're very open and honest. I know even in my own classes, obviously with transition year, I've struggled with my own mental health in the past, you know. I've had uh, had to go on antidepressants, you know, in the past, and thank God, you know, got through that hard time. But I've no problem talking to after that, you know, to the students and being very open and honest about it because I think it's important for someone in my position. They look up to me in the classroom and think I'm this strong, confident person. Do you know what I mean? Who's leading yes. this initiative? So it's important for people like myself to be able to talk about that and not feeling ashamed or embarrassed about it, you know? Yeah. Um, because I think that's the whole problem in Ireland. Mm. You know, people are afraid to say it. You know, people whispering if, if someone has died by suicide or that, you know, and maybe families don't want it out there. There's still that stigma attached to it. And the whole point of this is to try and break yes. that. This isn't something we should be ashamed about. This isn't something we're whispering in corners about. We need to get it out there. We need to have people openly and honestly having discussions. We need more people admitting that they have struggled as well because when teenagers are looking up to me and they're kind of, you know, they're going through an anxious time now with COVID and that, it's important that they say, you know, I'm struggling. I say, yes, I struggle. And yes. that's okay and there's no problem struggling. No, not at you know, all, and, not and at all. This is what we need to be able to do to uh, yes. get past that. Absolutely, know, so. absolutely, Roisin. Roisin, I have to leave it there for today. In His Shoes is the campaign. Watch this space. Keep an eye out for them and let's get right behind it. Well done to you all. Thank you for talking to me Thank today. Thank you very much. Take Thanks. care, yourself, Roisin. Bye-bye, bye-bye. That's a lot. Wonderful initiative, that, I have to say. That's a lot on the show today. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, boot club, wine, sport, comedy and a competition. You can't beat that for a couple of hours and more besides in the afternoon. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive on LMFM Radio. Stay with us. We'll see you for the final show of the week tomorrow. 1.30. Bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Drawed out and Dog and Cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sendero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. 
instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.